Welcome to another episode of Glass Half Full with Riker and Bobby. I'm one of your hosts, Riker Lynch. Recently, I have turned up my focus on my athleticism, if you will. And if you're a subscriber to my Instagram, you know the secret details as to why. But whether or not you're training for something specific like a marathon or triathlon, or you just want to up your overall fitness, one thing I'm taking every single day is Keon Aminos. That's all nine essential amino acids. They're essential because your body cannot make these on their own. You need to get it through nutrition or supplements. And they're fundamental for fitness, for recovery, and they have four different flavors. Right now, I'm really loving mango and the berry flavor. Try some for yourself at getkion.com, K-I-O-N.com, and use my code Riker for 10% off products, 15% off bundles, and 20% off subscriptions. Today's guest is Mark DiCarlo, who you probably know from the Nickelodeon show Jimmy Neutron. He's the voice of Jimmy's dad, Hugh, as well as the hilarious Commander Jarek in my sci-fi comedy film, Aliens on Halloween, which is now available to watch on TikTok, by the way. Just go to my profile, Riker Lynch, and you'll see the Aliens on Halloween playlist right there. Mark is incredibly funny, and he's got stories for days. So grab your favorite beverage and get ready for an all-new Glass Half Full. So much wasted energy on seeing glasses half empty. So let me be your fresh caffeine, and I can top you off. In case you missed it, I'ma keep it, keep it, keep it optimistic. What a beautiful day, Bobby. How are you feeling today, brother? I'm feeling amazing. You know, the sun is peering perfectly into my direction. So yes, you know, it's I like can see you're kind of catching that the early golden hour. You look beautiful. The pre-golden hour is real right now. <laughs> well, speaking of beautiful humans, we uh, we both know Ooh. our guest today, Mark DiCarlo, very well. We've we've oh, both worked man. with him. So I was looking yes. up some things that you might not know about Mark DiCarlo. Did you know he's okay. a three-time Emmy winner? True story. <sighs> three-time Emmy winner, and he has. He has 91 film and television credits. Mark, I'm, I want to. You have really? 91. I want to hear. What? I want to hear about you going for the big 100. I hope. I hope number 100 is something I'm directing. Yeah. Um. But did and you list know? all list all of them right now? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Start to be. <laughs> no, but the ones that stuck out to me um, are are some huge shows that you might not know about. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Seinfeld, Buffy Ooh. the Vampire Slayer, Ooh. Family Guy. Oh. And Bobby, this is going to be your personal favorite, Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, that is my personal fave. <laughs> yes. I was one of the stunt butts. The no stunt butts. Way. That's what it was. Yes. Stunt butts. I was wondering because I've seen that movie and I didn't I didn't see you. So it was a butt. That's what. That's it was a it, right. you were yeah, a butt yeah. double. I think I played like a a, a a journalist on TV or something. It was exposition. I wasn't uh, doing anything fun. Although I will say, Dakota, a delightful person. We hung out in the uh, makeup trailer. She was super, super nice. Awesome, awesome. That's yeah, so it's, Mark, That's... you you work so much, and we've both worked with you. But I, it's so funny. You're you're one of these people that I know where I can be watching something and you'll just pop up. Like I was watching the Rookie, <laughs> and you just popped up. Or I'll be watching a commercial and you're, or, you know, in between football and you're like on a Geico commercial. Like you, you work constantly. You're such a legend. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you were obviously in my film, Aliens on Halloween, and you were in Bobby's mm-hmm. pilot. Which I loved. So, so fun. Yeah, I just rewatched Aliens on Halloween. This is our Halloween episode, so we're going to get really into the Halloween shit. But I just rewatched oh, Aliens nice. on Halloween with some family members. And 
we just we were just crying laughing man and then even the bloopers i have you in all the bloopers it's so you are so hilarious man you have you have such amazing comedy chops also bobby you may not know this but i was in an animated film with mark DiCarlo. uh we did uh, a version of pinocchio which i actually haven't seen yet i don't know if it's still coming out or mark maybe you can it is you know what I can fill you in on that. Right now it's called Pinocchio and the Magic... No, Pinocchio and the Water of Life. Okay. And COVID, COVID stopped the production. It's mm. supposedly coming out second quarter of 2024. Mm. And you were great in it. You did some singing yeah. in it. Um, oh. It's kind of a new... We went back to the original uh, book that was written by uh, Carlo Collodi about uh, Pinocchio. And we kind of based it on that. And at the end, Pinocchio has all these puppets that come to life that are kind of like a band... So it's kind of like Scooby-Doo meets Josie and the Pussycats meets nice. Uh, uh, I don't even know, meets uh, the uh, the uh, Lynch family and uh, <laughs> Riker's Riker's like the cool lead oh, guitar player. Oh man, I I'm all I'm all over that. I need it to was, see that. It was really fun. Yeah. I I Time was casting. it was funny because I was uh, yeah. I was literally we were doing like the recording. We're like sort of all in this one booth together. So I got like Mark DiCarlo over here. I got the guy that plays SpongeBob over here, and I was just like, how? Tom, wow, Tom yeah, Kenny. Yeah, Tom Kenny, and I'm like, how did I wow. get in here? It Legendary. was I was surrounded by these phenomenal voice actors, and I'm like trying to like hold my own. It was, dude, it was yeah, the you're around royalty experience. in that yes. circle. You're around royalty in that. Yes. So the, well, and Robbie, Rob Paulson, yes. uh, Yakko from the Animaniacs is in it. Maurice wow. LaMarche from Pinky and the Brain. Uh, Fred Tattashore from Looney Tunes and the Hulk, and Phil. Oh. Lamar. We have a really, really, uh, really great fun cast and. Unlike most of the animated stuff that gets recorded now, we did all record together mm-hmm. um, because That's I think cool. that is better for comedy. You can you can play off something that somebody says or invents. Yes, and for sure. We yeah. uh, you know we ended up keeping a lot of that improvisation in the. It movie. was so fun, That's and they had so cool. Bobby on like our on like the stands where our dialogue is being held. They had GoPros, so they're filming our facial expressions, which oh, is going to be. Then be so transferred awesome. into the characters, so it was really, really a cool experience. Yeah, and we do that. We do that because um, the animators are not all English speaking, um, and sometimes they don't understand the nuance of wow. the language. But if they see your face, they get the idea of what the oh, line is supposed gotcha, to be. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's super so cool. That is so interesting. So, Mark, you you have like you have, like I said, you have so many credits and you've worked so much. And I, but I want to I want to start about at the beginning because I I know a, a little bit, but I want to start like you're in Chicago doing uh, Second City, right? That's kind of where it all began. Actually, no. I, I I grew up in Chicago, went to high school in Chicago, then I moved to California. That was my big choice. Actually. Okay. Do I stay in Chicago and go to college in Chicago and go to Second City or come to L.A.? And after one brutal, brutal winter <laughs> where the, we couldn't even get out of our yeah. house, the snow was so high we had to go out the second floor and slide down the snow <laughs> to get out the front door. I'm like, no mas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I moved to California. I graduated from UCLA. And then I started my own improv group. And then uh, about five or six years later, Second City opened up. Uh, Los Angeles branch, and oh. I was in the inaugural touring company there with um, Andy Dick and Brad Sherwood and Megan Cavanaugh wow. and Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles and uh, Andrea Martin, um, really rich kind, uh, really great training. And then uh, the earthquake knocked our theater down or made it, they red tagged it, we couldn't work there anymore. Oh, wow. And then I just started doing, started doing TV stuff and 
uh, haven't had to have a real job since. So I'm super lucky. <laughs> so what, at what That's point so did awesome. you realize, like when you were a kid, at what point did you realize, one, I'm funny, and two, I want to I want to make people laugh for a living. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I get. I think I've always been, um, someone. I one of the, my favorite quotes about Groucho Marx, one of my favorite comedians ever, was that he heard things funny. Uh huh. You could say something, and mm. ninety nine people would hear it one way, and Groucho would hear it a different way. Right. And he would then respond. I'm not comparing myself to the king. But I just like sometimes, you know, I, I just have a different I'm wired differently than most people. Yeah. And when I was in high school, my best friend at the time, Chris Faye's two older siblings were on the main stage at Second City. So I was oh. how old are you when you're a freshman? Uh, fr- 14, freshman. 15, yeah. 15, be yeah. 14, 14. Yeah. Yeah. So couldn't get into the club because it was a 21 drinking club so we would sneak in the back after the show started and we'd sit in the back and we'd watch them and it was awesome and then i found out that that was their job they got paid (laughs) to be funny and i think from that point on i'm like well damn that's what i want to do it looks so fun and uh it is as you know (laughs) yeah like you i just i i've worked with you on two projects where i was directing and then obviously the animated film and you're just you're so quick to to make these comedic choices and and it always just it's so refreshing and it's so fun to be on set with you because i just i don't i'm not especially in the scene i'm like i don't know where this is gonna go and it's so exciting i love it but that's a good energy, don't you think? Absolutely. Oh, yes, because it a, a keep, lot keeps of, you on your toes. You're not like sitting back yeah. and relaxed. You you got to be present. It's yeah. amazing. A lot of writer directors, they write their script and they want you to say it, and that's how they want you to do it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I've always found that uh, the stuff that I excel at is where we've got our blueprint. And then we'll do that. But then if someone comes up with something and they throw it in, in character, yeah. not just a funny line because they thought of it, but if if it's something the character would do or say, I think it makes everybody around you a better actor because, again, you're hearing it as your character, right? Right. So if mm-hmm. if you're playing in uh, Aliens on Halloween, you're this, this doofus purple dude that lands on Earth. <laughs> if you throw something new in the in what, in our dialogue, it makes me... It gives me more stuff to chew on to spit back at you. And I think yeah. um, uh, that kind of energy makes it, it floats everybody's boat and it makes it more natural. It does. Otherwise, yeah. You know, and I, and you're I, just I, repeating yeah. stuff. I loved it so much, man. I, I, I kept, I think I kept almost all of your little tweaks and, and little things you threw in there for aliens because it was just that you brought that character to life and it, and everything. It was just so funny. Even the way you pronounced certain <laughs> words, Van Calver. It's yeah. just so good. I, I'm a big fan of, uh, we're probably on plan L right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> plan B, we're on plan L right now. Well, uh, and, so and, good. and I, I was really, really impressed with the way you ran your set. Uh, you know, you. you've got your cousins doing your, your deep, was Gordy the DP? Yeah, Gordy's my DP. Him and I, we're, we work together great like job. bread and butter. It's just, it, we, we yeah. just get it. And um, it was a, a set, and I've been on sets that aren't like this. It was a set that was very loose and supportive and where people could improvise a little bit. And yeah. you felt free to make a mistake or to say something. Because especially now, we're not burning film. 
Right. Yeah. The worst thing that happens is you 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 break a take that was two minutes in the making. You go back and you do it again. And it's I think it's always better, especially for the director or the editor, to have three great choices. Yeah. And have to kill two great choices to get the best choice in the actual cut. I think it's it's always yeah. better to have more. Absolutely. More. Right. Mm-hmm. More is better. Yeah. I, I really learned that in, I think, the production that we did, we all did together, too, uh, the one that I was making a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think at first I felt like um, uh, I was more kind of like thinking about how it was because it was written because not because I would want it particularly only the way that I thought, but more because I felt like I didn't want the like, actors to... You know, I wanted to look as professional and like good as possible, but then seeing like Riker, he was like super open like that, like on his own production. It made it just so much natural and like more connected and realizing, oh, like people are happy to like break out of it and they want to explore and like, you know, have it be more malleable and then it just leads to a better experience, you know? Yeah, for sure. Some people are. I mean, some actors don't like working that way, but if I think you make or break your show with the script if the script is horrible it'll never be a great movie right Right. yeah um, mm-hmm. and, but you can have a great script and still have a bad movie and yeah. then casting you if if you want people if you have a really clear vision of exactly how you want it to be then cast people like that if you're open yeah. to letting each character when we did the uh, the pinocchio movie we hired the funniest people in the english language and we would record <laughs> We would record a take as written, and then the next take, we call it the crazy pass. It's like, yeah. come on, give me yeah. all the free genius that you have. We'll take yeah. it, and we'll use it. Yeah. And it's it's a, if you approach it that way, it's a tremendous benefit to the production, I think. And it makes everybody yeah. happy, and people are contributing. And uh, when we were doing Jimmy Neutron, the hardest thing I had to do every day was not laugh at everything. <laughs> That's how I felt That's in so Pinocchio. Cool. I was just like, That's I so gotta cool. do not ruin the take by laughing because I everybody was right? just yeah. so. Well, funny. that's why we tried to separate everybody. But yeah, um, I, I could that's I could listen so cool. to to Mo and Rob riff all day long. They're hilarious. Yeah. Well, you bring well, it's up not on the page. Yeah. You, you know? bring up Jimmy it's, Neutron, it's which is obviously uh, a huge credit that you worked on oh, for, for very many years, uh, which was so cool. I remember meeting you uh, for the first time and not quite putting the dots together, but you know, after playing hockey with you for a while and then realizing it, I was just like, "Holy crap! This is like this oh, guy man. is a this is a big voice actor right here." <laughs> like it was it was such oh, a cool yeah. cool thing to discover. And you're like, and you, that's the coolest thing about you is you're just you have all these credits and you've all this experience but you're just like nah i'm just i'm just a guy like i'm just hanging out like you have no ego whatsoever you're like, i just want to like help the organization dude. score some goals that's, that's right yeah i'm gonna get some goals and prevent some goals that's all yeah no jimmy neutron is iconic it when really you were li- listing the credits riker i was waiting for that one because seriously like i will say this you hear people say it all the time but 100% voice of my childhood yeah. like that was uh just a household show and i remember when uh we for, when I was first getting involved with Aliens, Riker was telling me about you and telling me some of the credits. And the first thing I did when I got home, when I told my family that, because it's like the first movie, I, you know, someone was putting me in. I go, you guys would never believe this. This movie that I'm doing, <laughs> one of the main characters is Hugh Neutron. And my family just lost their shit. Like, no way. No. No, they could talk about the ducks and everything. So it was really cool to see that. And that is just such an iconic show and such a great character too. Like, just super cool. Yeah, man. How did that? How did that come about? Like, it was that standard process of just auditioning, or no? Well, not really. I um, 
I was already out of school, I think. Yeah, it was probably 2000. So I'm out of school. I was doing, uh, I had a comedy group called The Frayed Knots, an improv group. And we had uh, a weekly residency at the improv. We had another one at the Long Beach Comedy Club. And we had one in um, uh, Tarzana. So we were doing 90-minute improv shows three times a week. 50 weeks a year and wow. we're you know we were kind of known in the comedy world in LA uh -huh. so people come out and see you and 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 uh, we met this producer uh, who was doing cartoons and he had a studio down in Orange County at a college down there and invited us down to make a pilot so we went down there and we did like a sketch comedy show pilot and then about six months later he called me and said hey we're uh, my boss is doing this cartoon would you like to audition for the dad and uh i didn't know anything about it it was a new pro it was a new piece of ip and i said sure let me let me he said you're the dad um i, I said i'll bring a friend of mine to read with me as the mom who was my friend megan cavanaugh from second city mm -hmm. who i had known i was I was the one who helped her train for her baseball scenes in League of Their Own. Oh, and no Without way. my glove that she lost, she would have never booked that job. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we had known each other a long, long time, and we were just in sync, right? So we uh -huh. went in, and we read the scene, and all he told me was, the star of the show is this little kid who's a genius. And the, the lines for the dad were written just kind of, uh, flat dad lines. And uh -huh. I thought it would be funny if the dad was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You, it's, you, it's, you it's, think, it's the, you know, the, if the kid's a genius, the dad must be a genius too. Yeah. So I just, so again, it. I tried to, I tried, you know, a I tried to hear who loves pie. Right. Oh, the pie. And, um, we, uh, we recorded oh. the pilot, I think. And then Nickelodeon greenlit the, the, I think um, no, they we, they did a short of Jimmy Neutron short, then they greenlit the movie, and we started recording the movie. And before we were done recording the radio play for the movie, they had already ordered the first season of the TV show. So we went right wow. from the movie into producing oh. the TV series, and then the movie got nominated for best animated feature of the year. Oh. Um, Shrek beat us, which I think is fair. Um, that's a that's a wow. Fun. That's a that's oh, a I didn't know that you guys were. Cause, because I didn't know you guys were making the movie at the same time because the I think a season was out before the movie got released, right? Or it wasn't no. the movie first, was the it? The movie came out at Christmas time of, uh, I think, Christmas of 01 or 02. Mm. And then the TV show started airing in the spring of the, of the you know, six, oh. three or four months later. But we had been producing the TV show. We finished the movie. And then we slid right yeah. into recording episodes for the TV show. So oh, those gosh. were wow. ready to go. And it was wow. the first CGI cartoon on television ever. And because of that, uh, Nickelodeon was able to use the models and the, the animation assets from the film and mm. repurpose them for the television show. In typical cell animation, everything has to be drawn frame by frame by frame. Right. But with the... This was a big step forward in animation because we were essentially creating 3D models of every character, and then you rig them, and then you move them with a computer. So you could take 
Wow. And the models, the models cost hundreds of thousands of dollars each to make. So the budget for the movie paid for the models and the sets and everything. So now you have all these 3D assets. They wrote a bunch of new shows and then they were able to use them much less expensively than it would have been to start animating from scratch. Right. So it was a good wow. business Clever. decision. That's and it also insane. made it. And it was um, a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a really good movie. It was and so it's such a good and movie. Scary. So yeah. that it was the first show to break ground there. And now I think probably uh probably all of the animated shows on TV are CGI. I think The Simpsons use wow. it to some extent and Family Guy and um uh, uh, I, I've got an animation company and we're doing some real-time animated things. So it's, I think animation wow. is about to change again, but it was, uh, it was a great, great ride, great cast, a lot of really funny people in it. And we would, like I said, I, I, the way we did the Pinocchio movie, I learned on Jimmy Neutron. We did one pass verbatim on the script mm -hmm. and then we would do a crazy pass right after. And the rules were, you say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're in character. And the goal was to, you know, to make people laugh. And we were all in our own yeah. little booths. So uh, if you laughed, it wouldn't ruin the take. But we would keep score. And uh, at the end of every week, the like the loser would buy lunch. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> that is so cool. And oh. that is what that shows like how it became such an iconic and great show yeah. because you guys were and people don't see that behind the scenes because, you know, maybe people could see a good storyline. But that's stuff that you wouldn't realize, like an inner competition of just pure fun is actually directly resulting in the product being just absolutely amazing yeah i think so and again it's, yeah. it's everybody recording simultaneously like you mm -hmm. do in a live action show um it, it when i did the seinfeld episode i was also struck by the way that the, the the four main characters if they weren't in the scene they were right off camera during rehearsals and watching and going oh wait a minute you know what jason give that line to jerry jerry you should take the ball you should do this right and they were all they were taking care of the show. It wasn't, well, that's my line. I'm going to say my line because I want the laugh. It was not like that at yeah. all. And that's, you know, the show is brilliant because you had six, ten brilliant minds all rowing in the exact same direction. And, you know, it's not always like that. So when it is, you got to um, enjoy it. And when you're in charge, if you can bring that energy to a production... I think that's always a good thing, which, uh, Riker, I think you did really well on uh, uh, Aliens on Halloween. Thank it you. was a, a group effort, and everybody was uh, open and funny and, and talented, and it was just a... Uh, aside from the purple makeup, everything was great. <laughs> no, you, look, you looked incredible, man. I mean, you always look good, but that Purple's was that McCullough. was that was next level. And the wig, oh gosh, I was just it just <laughs> it just started out funny, and then you bring it to the character. But uh, dude, speaking of Seinfeld, that had to be like a pretty pretty surreal experience. Uh, I actually was how early on was that? Because I I watched a, a couple behind the scenes things, and they didn't really know it was like a big show until like the second season or something like that where what season I think were you it was on? the second or third season okay so they were um, kind of just they were it was early a big, it was on a, but it was a big I deal i remember booking it it was a big deal yeah, yeah. for me at least and uh, i went in uh, to radford for this part that really was kind of nebulous 
And I walk in the office and, and Mark Hirschfeld leads me in and there's Jerry and, and Larry David sitting on the couch. I'm like, hey, okay, <laughs> oh, no way. And I read the scene and they're like, all right, thanks. And I walked out going, oh, I didn't, I, there was, it didn't like pop. And then by the time I got in my car, they called me and said that I got the gig. So it was, oh, really I love great. it. Wow. So you had to walk, you know, you had to go uh, down the elevator or walk out the stairs or whatever. And you're just like shooting yourself in the foot. You're like, oh man. And then you get in the car, right? you're like, you're good to go. You've been there, you're <laughs> driving home going, you're thinking of all the great things you could have done as you're yeah. driving home. It's like, ah. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was a great opportunity. And it's, it revolved around hockey too. The, the episode is, uh, I have hockey tickets that I give to Jerry. And then he doesn't say thank you to me, and everyone thinks he's pissed at me, or I'm pissed at him. And uh, um, it's uh, it, it turns out to be a really funny one. Putty's in it, and uh, wow, uh, it was uh, super fun. But they were very all, you know, it it hundreds of people work on a television show or a movie, mm-hmm. and when you're lucky enough to get ninety percent of those people to be at the top of their craft, and they all pitch in. You catch lightning wow. in a bottle, yep. but it's. I think it's. Yeah. It's more rare that it happens than it does than it doesn't. And you're saying that you're so good that even when you thought you had a bad audition, <laughs> you still smacked it out of the park. That's, right. That's what we're hearing right now. That's what no. I'm talking about. <laughs> well, they were. I mean, the role was just kind of the the, the whole idea. And I remember asking uh, Andy Ackerman, the director, on the first day, "Am I supposed to be a dick?" Am I like making him beg for the tickets or do I, am I angry or am I not angry? Uh-huh. And Larry David goes, <laughs> <laughs> same thing when I worked on Curb. I yeah. asked him for direction. I'm like, how, how, uh, how ang- angry am I? Because Larry did this to my client. He's like, well, I don't know, we'll figure it out. And we shot it two <laughs> or three times. And as you shoot the scene over and over again, you figure out, oh, okay, this is, this is the sweet spot. Yeah. And then, right. they, then they move yeah. on. It's really a fun way loose. to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of hitting it out of the park, you uh, you are you got some mad uh, softball skills. I, I played on your team, Bad Mojo, for one season. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, that was uh, that was so cool. Bobby uh, DiCarlo is a, a really really good first baseman. It's it's really it was a really oh, fun time man. to play. And then we would go have drinks at um, Kevin Connolly's bar after the game. Which was super cool because yeah. I'm a huge Entourage fan, but uh, Mark, where did where did baseball and hockey? When did you start playing both of these sports? Oh, I played little league from when I was a little kid in Chicago. Okay, and yeah, then, that makes sense. Uh, when I moved out here, we played the big sixteen uh, inch softball in Chicago, which I usually have one around. I don't know where it is. Um, uh, and then out here, everyone plays the twelve inch with a glove, which I always thought was like, that's you know, girl <laughs> softball, uh, but it's not. Um, and uh, I found uh, there was a league in Beverly Hills that was looking for teams, so I put together a team, a bunch of people I knew from Chicago, and we've been playing together the same core guys for probably twenty five years. There, we wow. just—it's a sore spot because we just lost the playoffs last week because we all played like. Oh crap. shoot! I'm sorry. Depressing, but yeah, it's um, been many, many years. You guys have been playing with the same spot, same group of guys. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know what? It's like I guess it's like bowling night for guys that like to bowl or whatever. You get to go out with your buddies, <laughs> yeah. and you run around. You have a couple of beers afterwards, and it, especially with the life that we have in show business, where every 
there's it's like not a nine to five job. One week you're super busy, the next week there's nothing going on. Yeah. It's kind of a nice rhythm to your week. And hockey is the yeah. same thing. You know, we play hockey three times a week at these particular times. And even during COVID, we were able to keep playing. Yeah. And it kind of gives you a rhythm for the passage of time. And especially mm-hmm. during uh during the lockdown, it kept me from going nuts. Yeah, same. Yeah. It was a perfect you uh know? Perfect thing to get out because you weren't really getting out of the house other than we were just kind of going to the rink and and playing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the rink had a couple extra rules for us to follow, which, uh, you know, ended up making everybody feel good about being there, which was Yeah, nobody got sick, did they? I don't think anyone caught COVID. No, it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, But uh, Chicago Cubs fan, I assume? Oh, no, did did I lose you? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's nodding we were, intensely. Oh, yeah, sorry. We were supposed to be in the playoffs, <laughs> and we lost 16 of the last 20 games. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, she's, huh? Sorry, I have not been following uh, Colorado baseball. Avalanche, boy, is that what you're talking about? The wound is still <laughs> oh, fresh, I couldn't Riker. tell if you were throwing shade, Riker, or if you just genuinely did. Yeah, genuinely, I'm messing with I that. am so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Genuinely didn't know. Also, one, two, I turn off the incoming video because it makes the – the system work better, oh. so I could not. See, I couldn't see any he was, nodding he was, going he whatsoever. He was doing the. He was doing the. Oh, yeah. He was doing the. the, the I do have a. Um, <laughs> where is it? I got a. Look at that World Series autograph ball by Kyle Hendricks. Oh no! Nice. Wow. The Cubs won the World Series. No Kyle way. Hendricks. Yeah. All right. Well. That's amazing. Uh, DiCarlo, I have thrown the first pitch out at one baseball game in one city, and it was Wrigley Field the year after they won the World Series. How did you get wow. that? Uh, right, my sister was working with this uh, skincare company that was uh, promoting these shirts that were like 100 um, SPF for like sun protection. And um, I'm looking to those. We were. Uh, <laughs> We, we, we went there and uh, we had like a meeting and my sister was going to do some like social media stuff with them and they had the first pitch for whatever reason. And so we went out with the CEO, but she didn't want to throw the first pitch. And so I was there with my sister and my brother uh, Rocky and uh, our drummer Ellington and uh, I had I just had the most experience. So I was, they were just like, Riker, you should throw the first pitch. So I threw it. I, I kind of threw a strike. I, I, I it, it got to the got to the catcher, which is all didn't I really it? cared about. Wow. <laughs> it didn't bounce. Right. No. Okay. Yeah, it's that's it's nice. and that's the greatest place on earth. It really is. That it park was a is fantastic the park. Uh it was such a cool experience. The the Cubs won that game. It was a, it was a really fun time. Yeah, I I um I've been doing this TV show in Chicago the last decade or so, which uh, just went off the air in September. So I was I was back I was back for like a week every month, and I uh, got to go to a lot of Cubs games during that run. I was I was in the building the wow. day that the Cubs beat Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers That's to nice. punch their ticket to the World Series. Yeah, everyone flooded out into the street. There were cops lined up down Clark Street at Addison. I went to bed at 9 a.m. I saw zero <laughs> oh my fights, gosh. zero screaming. It was like it was the most incredible night. In Chicago, like if 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 you couldn't get laid that night, you can't. You just can't. <laughs> you just can't. Turn it in. You got no game. No game whatsoever. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> Try me. Uh, try me. <laughs> 
Oh, so, man, that had to be one hell of an experience. 9 a.m., I don't think I've ever pulled. That's like a proper all-nighter. Yeah, well, and the game, you know, the game finished at probably 10.30. Yeah. And I, I had been shooting, I've been doing live Facebook things from my phone to air from inside the park, which you're not supposed to do. And then I, we went outside and we met uh, my camera crew at Murphy's uh, behind the center field bleachers. And we were shooting interviews with people all night long. And it was, uh, it, it was great. It just kept going and the bars stayed open and there was no fights, nothing got set on fire. People were just deliriously happy. Yeah, just and happy. So when you first yeah. said you went to bed at 9 a.m., I, fi- I thought it was like an all-night party or full-torque party mode rager. You were actually working. Uh, well, we stopped working at like 1. Okay. And then the, the, but it, the raging started inside the park. Right. So, so you were already, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 I got you. So, so sh- was, yeah, so big, no big Chicago fan in general. Now, uh, we got to talk a little bit about the, the Blackhawks then because you guys have uh, Connor Bedard, which is looking pretty good. He looks really poised, really uh he's only 19, right? I mean Yeah, 19 um, or 20. I, he might even be 18 he's got actually. The, I think he's 18. I think he is 18. Yeah. Wow. He's got the moves, he's got the poise. I think that you know they, they brought in a couple of um veterans uh-huh. to kind of help him. Uh you know, the, the there if it, as Wrigley Field is the greatest place on earth, the greatest place to see a hockey game is at the United Center for the national anthem. The place it's like it, it's electric when Jim Corneliuson yeah. sings the song and people are just they just start screaming at the beginning of the song and it builds and builds and builds and builds until the end. And then they always have the camera on him and he goes, and our flag was still there. And you've got the Stanley Cup ring right on his hand. <laughs> in his face. Awesome. Uh, have you ever seen a game at the UC? I haven't. No, that's definitely on the list, though. I, I've seen oh, a handful of other games uh, in other places. Like, I've been to the Garden. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely on the list, especially because uh, I, I, one of my, like, as far as teams that I'm not, like, I haven't lived there or anything, I've always loved the Blackhawks. I've just, I've always thought uh, very highly of, uh, you know, Jonathan Taze as a captain and as a player. Oh so, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm ho- I'm hoping he signs somewhere for one more season. I, I'm sure Patrick Kane will. He's he's obviously got the skills, but uh, yeah, uh-huh. I love Jonathan Taze. So I've always wanted to see a game there. I just haven't gotten around to it. Captain Serious. He he was a guest on our my Windy City live show in Chicago a couple times. Oh and right the on. First time, the first time I met him, he was backstage and he had just. He had won in one 12-month period. He was the captain of the Stanley Cup champions and the captain of Team Canada gold medal hockey team. That's right. And I met him uh, met him like a month after that, and I walk up to him and I shook his hand, and it was like putting your hand in a vice. <laughs> he, had, he has these huge, strong hands, and really? he was super... He just smells like a leader. Yeah. Just stoic and... <laughs> Captain Sirius. Captain like, do Sirius. not get in his way. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. It's a great sport. And you know what? That's one of the things I love about hockey is the mentality of it. Like in basketball, you can be a one-man show. Uh-huh. In baseball, you can hit a home run and you win. You cannot be a one-man show in hockey. It's No, yeah. It's improvisational. the most team sport of all time. And it's a team-oriented mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you get as much credit for assisting a goal as you do as putting the goal in yourself and that's it's it's a it's a mentality when people say oh it's only sports i think they don't understand 
all the life lessons and uh, I don't know if maturity is the right word, but all the benefits yes. a person gets from playing on a team with a a common goal. I agree. Mm. I totally, totally it, agree. It, I think something about it's great learning, for your character. Yeah, great for your character, yeah. especially like playing as a as a kid. You learn teamwork and you learn to like support your your teammates and stick up for your teammates and stuff like that. I think that's such such a crucial part of developing to be uh, a high caliber human is is learning those mm-hmm. things and and not just being focused on yourself. There's something very very powerful that's that team sports teach you about um mm-hmm. about just caring for each other and i think that's really really awesome right. i i, I yeah. loved my favorite memories growing up are, are team sports or even like even the the plays or the dancing stuff that i've did you know we were all supporting each other and, and doing our best to 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 lift each other up and i i think right. that's such a fantastic yeah. thing that that these things bring yeah because nobody yeah. nobody wants to bunt nobody yeah. wants to bunt you bunt to move the runner ahead so that your team can score a run and win the game. Yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so so if you're good at bunting, what it tells me is you're a great team player and you you know what's important and that what's important within the context of the sport is winning the game. The, you know, playing yeah. by the rules and yeah. winning the game. As opposed yeah. to just going up there and trying to hit home run and missing it three times and striking out. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. not and, a team play. That's what yeah, I did on been, Mark DiCarlo's yeah. softball team. That's why I don't that's why I haven't been <laughs> <laughs> You were just the designated bunter. Uh, no, I was I was striking out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, you played no, well. You played well. I did hit a home run at my first yeah. at bat and then it was all downhill from there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well that's it. I was gonna say that seems to translate to kind of what you were talking about before with when you guys are all in the same room. Uh, you know, help making each other laugh. You yeah. know, it's kind of the same kind of camaraderie, and it's cool that sports can kind of transcend to whatever else you do in life. You know, if you, from when you did them from an early age, and I'm sure that's why you've worked on so many projects. Uh, you know, not only because of your talent, but also probably because people just enjoy working with you because you have that attitude. You know, do you think that that has kind of helped uh, you shape sort of yourself in your profession and has led to help you get like more opportunities and, and stuff like that? Having that like good mentality, oh, especially percent. in an industry that's really tough, you know. Thousand percent. I mean, that's one thing that you learn at going through the Second City training. Uh, for people that don't know, the Second City is uh, an improvisational theater troupe that started in Chicago in the early 60s. Alan Arkin was a member of uh, Second City, Steve Carell, Steve Colbert, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Murray, John Belushi, Danny Aykroyd, uh, you know, basically everybody but Will Ferrell. Yeah. Has been in Second City. <laughs> and what they teach you is there's six of you on stage and you're a unit. Yeah. And it, what uh, you know, you're not going to be great every night. When you falter, someone else will pick you up. And it's, it's about listening and tuning into the other people on stage and supporting whatever the idea of every scene is. And yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's, it, that, it, I guess that that's a good point. I think all the things I really enjoy doing are supportive group endeavors They're that are more than the sum of the collaborative. Yeah. It's, it's. It's it, there's nothing more ex- exciting or enjoyable in sports than making the perfect little saucer pass yeah. to Riker when he's going 400 miles down the ice, <laughs> lands on his tape, and he puts it in the net. Right? I can't. Yeah. I, I don't skate as fast as he does, but I I know where he's going, mm-hmm. and if I can sneak the puck there before anyone else figures it out, and he can bury it, 
it's it's just a magical improvisational thing, which I think why yeah. hockey is the the most exciting live sport to watch in the world because yeah. no one knows what's going to happen yes. until it happens. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. That's so That's true. Cool. So, so true, man. And you, the Lynch boys should do their own like Globetrotters team, <laughs> go around the country and do charity events. We used to have a Hollywood team, a Hollywood celebrity hockey team, and we would go and we would play uh, children's benefits, you know, play against the cops or the firemen um, oh, that's in cool. various cities. Oh, it, it, it was great. And you guys, you know, you're your own line. Well, we are definitely going to be doing um crazy game of hockey with uh, the OAR guys, which you did last year. Um, I did. We're gonna, that was super fun. We're, we're going to be doing that this year. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting into that a little bit more and more. Yeah. We, we've, we've and you guys it. have an army of relatives to... Just keep the <laughs> right. rosters fresh. You can field both teams. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think Rydell is just creating hockey players at this point. You know, <laughs> right. she's in the yes. she's in the factory. Yes, yeah. That's what we we're hoping for. We're like, which one of the which one's going to be a, a professional hockey player? That's what that's what we're we're trying to subliminally. Well, your little nephew, Rydell's. Uh, is he like two? Is he one yeah, and he, a half? He comes two, out and skates with us. Yeah, he comes out for warmups. Yeah, uh, he's that's cool. in his hockey suit like, and high fives all the guys. Yeah, he loves it. It's uh, super's like just two. Uh, he turned two in April, so two in a couple months. And um, yeah, I think, and he started soccer, but it's still sort of like a mommy and and uh, and babies sort of a setup. But he is starting, mm-hmm. so he's you know he's going to be learning the team sports and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, very very soon. We're we're all very. I just excited. imagine you guys going to the mommy kid. Come on, super killer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a trip, ref. What the fuck? <laughs> Crying is for babies. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, speaking of a league of their own earlier, there's no crying in baseball. There's uh, not. Yeah. Nope. It's a. <laughs> That's so cool. Get I love the juice box boy. <laughs> I love that you helped her with that audition. That's the coolest story. I I was uh, we did a uh, a play of a league of their own out here in Colorado when I was growing up, and um, it was we did like kids versions of those plays, and so I was the coach. And uh, that was that was my favorite scene. Every time we got to that 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 part, such a good good f- yeah. fun moment. She was a good player. Megan was a good player to begin with. She played softball with us on one of our co-ed teams, and she did you know the character Marla Hooch had a hit left and right. She was a switch hitter. Uh-huh. She did all that hitting on her own in the movie. Wow, wow. so cool. Yeah, and I loaned her. I had my number one, my Wilson A two thousand glove, and she needed a glove to go and shoot the movie. So I I loaned it to her. And she lost she it. She lost it. Props took it. But <laughs> she she lost it at Wrigley Field. So I figure, you know, oh, okay. you're going to lose a good resting glove. place, yeah. That's a good resting place that for That is exactly. definitely, yeah, that, that's, that seems very, very fitting. That's fun. So uh, now mm-hmm. I want to know a little bit more about the Second City stuff. Like what's a typical night? Like how? When does it start? What's your sort of prep to get into the to get into the zone? You know, because all of that's totally live, and and it's all. And correct me if I'm wrong, but none of it's like thought of and scripted before. It all happens with the audience, right? Um, well, the show we've started. There's a lot of Second City people that are out here in California now. So a bunch of our friends got together and we're doing these monthly shows at a place called the Write Off Room mm-hmm. in Studio City, California. And we come together and we just do uh, strictly improv. Yeah. Um, the, the, the theater in Chicago, the Second City Theater, they'll do reviews and it's a three act show. The first two acts are 
basically scripted scenes about whatever's going on in the world, current events, music, whatever. Ah, okay. Then the, you take a break and then you get a bunch of suggestions from the audience and that's you come cool. back for the third act and that's all improvisation. And what happens over time is you get a lot of the same suggestions for the improv and when a scene really starts popping in the third act, then you sit down and you write it and you make it great and you move it to the front of the show and that's how you cycle oh, the material that's through. clever. Mm. Yeah. So you learn, you learn to improvise, you learn to write, you learn to direct, you learn to stage things yeah. as a member cool. of the troupe. Um, all the guys that are out here, all the men and women that are out here, we're just doing these shows uh, on the third Thursday of every month. We call it the Thursday show. Okay. And we just get together. We do three. We have three casts of six people each, and we come out. Six of us will come out, and we'll say, "All right, we need a word or a suggestion or an emotion or something." And then from that word, we just improvise 20, 25 minutes of scenes that in the perfect world start out very disjointed and over the course of the 20 minutes come together and all so the four cool. basic scenes end up congealing into one thing. I mean, That's it doesn't awesome. uh, always happen, but when it does, it's like making a great it's magic. Right. Yeah. 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 So this is yeah. every third Thursday of the month. Thursday. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna Thursday come through to one of those. Yeah, I gotta come too. Yeah, if you go to theWriteOffRoom.com, you know, just follow me on Twitter at Mark DiCarlo. I, I put out stuff there. But uh, okay, really great. Um, uh, a lot of famous people that you'd recognize from TV and movies and cartoons come out when, every month. When are you doing it awesome. in uh, November? Because I'll be in LA in November. Uh, the Thursday before Thanksgiving. I think it's the 19th or the 20th Ooh. or something around there. Whatever. The, it's the third Thursday. Whatever that whatever is. Whatever that is. Okay, cool. I'm gonna, you got to go out to one biker. Yeah, I might, have, I might have to move my flight and come in for this. This sounds <laughs> awesome. Uh, do it. It sounds it's really, so cool. It, it's, I mean, we have a lot of really funny people on there, uh, many of whom you'll know. And uh, it's it's like a magic show. Yeah. When it work. See, it doesn't always work, which is also the fun part. Right, yeah. Because it's kind of, you, yeah, yeah, you're kind of figuring it when out. When you I crash and cool. burn, yeah. you know, Bob, if you're doing stand-up and you crash and burn, you're miserable and alone after the show. <laughs> At least if we all crash and burn... You know, you got five friends to sit around. Yeah. And go, God, that sucked. Yeah. That was yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, and then you can, it's almost a lot even more camaraderie. For sure. Right. I, exactly. I was I was doing some stand up or not stand up. Uh, I uh, improv at UCB, and I have the stand up background. But I was you know just you know it's always good to sharpen your skills everywhere. Yeah, and right, I loved right. doing improv for that reason. Was <laughs> where like when it connects, right. it's just as good as when you're killing in stand up. But now right. if like things didn't go as planned. I had other people that could suffer with me instead of me just like <laughs> thinking about ending it all. Right. Oh, and so you know, you learn as much you learn as much from failing as you do from succeeding. Yeah. You know, you sure. make a you make a choice that, ooh, it, it was a dead end choice. You know, if someone says, Riker, where did you get that llama? And if Riker says, Well, it's not a llama, it's a pillow. You stop the yeah, scene no, instead it's, of yeah. saying, yes, and. "Oh, there's a llama sale." Yeah, yeah there's a llama yeah. sale at Costco. You can get yeah. three llamas for a buck. That's what I'm saying. I just need someone to blame. <laughs> I need someone. To yeah. Blame. I just, well, I you like, know, acting, acting is acting and improv is about listening, mm -hmm. and stand up is about talking. It's two different, two different yeah. sides of a, the comedy coin. Very, very different skills and disciplines. I think that's good. Yeah, I love that you're doing so both, fun. though, Bobby. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy um, 
the the things that I get actually doing improv because um, I had I had already been doing stand up about three years before I started doing improv. Once I started doing improv, my crowd work in stand up got. Tremendously yeah, cause basically because basically because is crowd improv. work is listening, yeah, yeah, and just like that, crowd work to, uh, to be good at crowd work is like that guy Ian Bag I was telling you about who I tour with. He's a full crowd work. He does an hour of different crowd work every night. And it's just unbelievable. Like it's some of the most cra- like amazing things. I've so ever he seen. doesn't have and like a set. He's just doing crowd work. No, he doesn't. So people come to literally every one of his shows on the weekend because you can watch a new thing and it's just pure genius. It's like wow. watching Robin Williams. Yeah, and he just goes the entire time. And I asked him and I was like, "Man, like what's the secret to crowd work? What's the secret to crowd work?" He goes, "I just listen to them." Yeah. That was like his biggest thing. I listen. And it's so true because when you're and listening, they give it you're to not, you. Yeah. They give it to you. If you're asking the right kinds of open-ended questions, people mm-hmm. will talk to you know they're nervous and they'll talk to you and it's it's yeah it's shooting fish in a barrel if you listen yeah uh, that's the key and it's the key to acting too it's it's being open to whatever is going to happen yeah you know there's like when i'm doing a a movie or a tv show now i get uh, frazzled because oh i got to remember all my lines and all my cues and i don't want to mess it up and screw up the other person it's a different kind of focus as opposed to all right i'm the boss of this alien ship and whatever these idiot underlings say to me i'll respond to it like i'm going to respond to it <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's so much easier to just be the character right, right? and yeah. just be like uh whatever yeah. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a like an entertainment entertaining format that you that you are drawn to or that you feel that you find is more fulfilling like versus improv, uh, live performance, animation, voiceover? Like which which one do you find uh, that just? You know, I love doing it? live performance. I just did a. I, I was in the Burbank Comedy mm-hmm. Festival. I did a. I did a, 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 a some kind of crowd worky improv stand up there. Okay. I'm nice. a horrible stand up. Um, just because I don't, uh, I don't have an act, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. kind of need. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I love uh, working with an audience. When yeah. I, I used to do this dating show called Studs, and we had a 300-person audience, and it was like doing a nightclub act uh, six times a day. Uh, nice. We'd shoot six on a Thursday and six That's on a cool. Friday, and you, kn- you know, right away if it's funny or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and it, um, it it. It, it makes you sharp. My first job in show business was one summer in, I think it was the summer between high school and college. I got a job at Marriott's Great America, north of Chicago, in a band. In a, I played guitar and harmonica in this country rock band. Oh, cool! <laughs> and we, you know, we would we played five shows a day, five forty-five minute sets a day, six days a week. And I was kind of like, I became like the leader spokes leader of the band and i would you know talk crap between songs and tell jokes between songs and it was like it was like boot camp we did it all summer long for all kinds of different crowds and you know on fridays all the guys from the naval air station would be there so it would be all navy guys there and jokes that would work with them didn't work with you know when there were a bunch of 12 year olds in the audience and you learn (laughs) Well, yeah. it's like it's like playing music, right? Yep. You you know what songs are going to work with certain people because you've done it so many times 
um, there's a there's a feedback loop which I really enjoy with live performance. Yes, I agree. Uh, I awesome. agree. It's there's uh, something you so can't really fun. get any other way. No, yeah, you can't. There's there's something so fun about that instant gratification of knowing whether it the joke lands or the song lands or the performance lands and people really enjoy it. And then for me, there's also something really fun about trying to discover it and trying different things and having the option of like, okay, hold on, let me, let me, let me try that again. And, you know, redoing it and, and redoing it and redoing it and then finding it also that's, you know, you're doing that on the, in, on the set in the day, but then you go to the edit room and then you're refining it even again. So it's fun. It's, it's like movie making is like you're writing the movie three times. You know, you wrote the script mm-hmm. then you're writing it on the, in the day of the acting. And then you're, in the edit, you're writing it again. So there's something like so, so fun and magical about that. But then there's also something so fun and magical about like, this is, it's in the moment. This is here. Let's see if it works, you know? Yeah. Well, but that's the skill that you bring to, the things that are on tape, right? You, yeah. You you have no fear at that point. You'll just try whatever. And I, I find it's um, editing is a lot like music, especially comedy. There's a rhythm to yes. a scene, and if 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 it's off by fifteen frames, it 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 like it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And you just trim it a little bit here and there. Okay, now it's funny. Yeah, it just pops. And it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's there's a musicality to it that I I don't think you can develop unless you've been on a stage over and over and over and over again and you just kind of learn what that's like and people always say oh my god that's the scariest thing to be on a stage in front of people and i'm like i think falling out of a plane would be scary (laughs) (laughs) that's funny because i do both of those things on the regular right (laughs) Right. well see and and what does fear doesn't help Fear, fear all fear does is it stops you from doing something that uh excites you in some way yeah you know there's a difference between caution and i wouldn't walk in front of a bus but being afraid (laughs) to go on stage and talk or do something the worst thing that happens you know if you're doing comedy in a club op the worst thing that happens is 200 people think you're an idiot so what you're never going to see them again yeah right you're never going to see them again and and in two hours when you do your show again those 200 people will think you're a genius so (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, the tomatoes hurt pretty bad sometimes, but <laughs> right, you got to get good with your with your yeah. Kung fu. But there's a silver lining there. Yeah, you get you get the old Philly yeah. shell. <laughs> Just don't let don't you don't you make sure you have the security guard check mark to Carlo before he comes uh, to your show because he's yeah. got a wicked arm, man. Right. He's going to launch that tomato. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but that's so heirloom true. tomatoes hurt more yeah. than regular <laughs> tomatoes. Yeah, you, you just got to yeah. keep going. You know, it's there's nothing. You know, nothing is going to end your you know, like it's not the end all be all every single time. You're exactly. And some people and, yeah. get paralyzed, like people, you know, in corporate situations, they can't get up and they give a report because they're so. <sighs> yeah. So uh, you're, you're, yeah. you're getting in your own way. You're getting in your own way. It's pointless. Well, Mark, what 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 do you have going on? What do you have coming up, man, that you're excited about? Um, just uh what's what's next for you, I'm man? I'm super excited. Um, you know, I did a, a travel show. A food show on the Travel Channel mm-hmm. for five <coughs> five seasons called a Fork on the uh, called uh, Taste of America, and then I've been doing this podcast called A Fork on the Road. We stopped during COVID because nobody was traveling, right? So mm-hmm. we just uh, we just started it again. We're partnering with a website called uh, Global Traveler USA. They're this big travel resource site with a bunch of journalists nice. and. We're going to be doing uh, video podcasts like this. We're going to be doing uh, AMAs every other Friday on Facebook. So uh, our first show drops 
I think in a week, maybe 10 days, uh, it's about Rome, 10 reasons to go to Rome, and we interview Rome's number one tour guide, and it's myself and my wife, Yeni Alvarez, the traveling diva. <laughs> so we talk about our travels, we interview an expert from wherever we're going, and then um, we tell you great hotels, great restaurants, here's a great deal to get over there. Uh, so for people that want to travel more than they have, or... Uh, oh, there's my dog Mojo. He wants to get on the podcast. <laughs> Mojo! Mojo! It's a beautiful dog. Um, what a name, too. Uh, yeah. People, uh, the travel business has changed a lot since COVID. Right. You know, a lot of places folded and, and yeah. just the, uh, the, the, the rules of travel have changed. So uh, we're coming back. We're excited about it. And uh, we're doing a video and an audio version of it. We're doing... Uh, short little travel videos, and uh, it's going to be super cool. Yeah, our Fork on the Road show is coming out today on uh, Global Traveler USA. Check it out. Amazing. Follow me on, um, on Instagram at Mark DiCarlo TV and on X at Mark DiCarlo, and we, we always publish uh, all the information from the shows. But I'm excited about that. We just got back from Italy and uh, Greece and Portugal. Oh, don't you just love Greece, Spain. man? I mean, I love Italy too, but Greece. Yeah. Oh, where did you guys go in Greece? We went to Mykonos yes. and Paros and uh, Athens. Yes. And um, all those places. I have I have a couple of really good friends who are Greek and they go there all the time. So we had, uh, it's, it's it was super hot, super great. Yeah. You just swim and probably, eat. Probably my favorite Zeta. country I've ever been to. Where do you go when you go? So my wife and I, um, right after COVID, we were like, "Let's. This is the time. You know, things are are cheap. Let's let's go." So we spent six weeks in Greece, and we went island wow. hopping. Basically, we went Athens, Mykonos, Sifnos, Santorini, Crete, Kefalonia, Rhodos, uh, Corfu. Which one was your fave? Um, so Crete was really cool. It's a big island. Um, I don't know why I just I really like that and I love Mykonos. I when I vacation, I want things really really fancy, bougie, like I want to be taken care of. So Mykonos is basically <laughs> all about that. Mr. Lynch, here's your <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like I, I when I vacation, like I love that shit. I get really it's it's kind of a problem to be honest, but uh, so I loved Mykonos. Um Milos was super cool though, like it was, and Sifnos as well. They're both more, a little more low key, but like really, just really beautiful island. Sifnos was really quiet, um, and just this spectacular food. I mean, like I, we ate so many incredible, incredible meals. Like, and then we got to go the to Cannes uh, afterward for Aliens on Halloween. It just happened to work perfectly in timing. So it was a. We saw a couple fantastic films. We saw Mark O'Brien, our mutual friend, in Blue Bayou. Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic movie for those of you who haven't seen it. And um, Aline. We went to like the big red carpet premiere of Aline, which is Celine Dion story. It's a French film. Absolutely mm. incredible film for any music lover, uh, just and and film lover. Like her story is so so fascinating, and the music was excellent. All it, the movie is written, directed, and starring the same lady, and she was fantastic. Wow! So we were wow. there for that premiere. It was wow. it was unbelievable. There's just the pace of life in Europe is different than America. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and like walking after the meals and like having a cappuccino or an espresso. It's all 
it's yeah, it's it's very like uh, just laid back to like the perfect amount in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love it. Great time. That's why I love a good lazy river in Vegas. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. almost like Europe. Like, right. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I want full service. Give me those robes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, DC, I love your brother, man. Thank you so much for for being on the show with us. And um, it was a pleasure, guys. You're so awesome. The show. We, we love working you. with you. I, I uh, seriously, man, you're one of the funniest people I know. Uh, you're such a legend. Very, very grateful that you Agreed. took time out of your day to to join us here. This is super, super fun. Legend just means that you're old. <laughs> <laughs> Believe no. Yeah, you got to say living legend. Living legend. <laughs> no, you're amazing, no, man. man. Seriously, thank, thank you so, you so much. much. I, I've I've learned so much from you in in comedy just through the the handful of things that we've done. I hope we get to work together again soon. I, I loved it. Me too. Loved I every love second it. of and, it. Uh, I think you guys are super talented and. Uh, I, I think it's really great that you that you uh, you try and learn things from other people and you you study your craft. You know, you're not just um, uh, stuck up famous kids. I mean, I've known you. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I've I, known you since I was. I, I've been 17. working a long time, right? And I wow. I know you and all your siblings, and you guys are the least Hollywood spoiled. Uh, uh, famous people, <laughs> and I, I think part of it is because you probably all keep each other honest. Oh right? yeah, we don't let but anybody it, it, get too uh, too crazy. That's for sure. No, and it's it's really a testament to uh, your parents and just the you, you know you you always have each other's backs, and I think that's a. I have two brothers, yeah. and we're the same way. But I'm sure you know traveling and doing music and being famous, it everything is exponentially uh, uh, amplified. So the fact that you guys aren't just stuck up jagoffs, I think, is is a is an accomplishment just in and of itself. Well, thank you, um, thank you. Yeah, we uh, we just want to be good people, and we just want to spread good vibes. Well, and you're good doing energy, a good job. So thank you. It's funny because no one can fight with them on the ice, but if they fight with each other, everyone's like, "Ooh, let's yeah, <laughs> give them a little space." Yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible family, so funny. incredible family. It's honestly and it's pretty okay. I'll, spectacular. I'll be the diva, Riker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't worry, Bobby. I'll I'll bring you back to earth. You can you can float up a little bit. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be your guy. <laughs> I'll be Mister Hollywood. Okay, that's all we need. I was gonna say it's pretty spectacular that we we don't fight. That much on the ice, so we have our moments. But uh, for for playing Very against rarely, each though. other, uh, you would think that yeah. it would happen more often. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rare occasion for us to get too heated, which is uh, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it is a good thing. It's but any good brother, any good brother situation, there's a little bit of. There's a little bit of yeah, rap. yeah, like of like, like like last Thursday when I played with uh, I played with uh, Mark DiCarlo and and all my brothers. You know, I had to come in and show them who's boss. I came in and and <laughs> right. smoked him. To I, see the big bro. I played against all Dude, of them. I, my dad and I were on my one team, and I played against all of them. And uh, yeah, we 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 uh, we showed them up. Some nice goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a, there's yeah, something about the big the biggest brother. They no matter how good you think you are, they can they can always get one over. On you, that's for sure. <laughs> That's how it goes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, DC. Love you, man. This has been so fun. Thank You're awesome. You. Love you guys. Good luck with the Love show. You too. And thank uh, you. I hope I get to see you in person soon. Yes. Well, hopefully we'll make it out 100%. to your show in uh, November. We'll see if we can squeeze that yeah, in. Yeah, every third Thursday. Come on out. Love it. All right. Well, and thank you guys so much for listening. Bye, guys. Thanks. Thank you. This thank is you Glass guys. Half Full. Riker and Bobby. We'll see you next week. Bye now.